Welcome to the Strategic Planning Podcast with financial coach Mike Flanders. With more than 40 years of experience in the financial services industry, Mike knows the X's and O's that'll help you achieve your financial goals. It's time for the Strategic Planning Podcast. Welcome into another edition of Strategic Planning with Mike Flanders. Thanks for tuning into the podcast with Mike and I as we talk about various different aspects of financial and retirement planning. And we're going to talk about some bad money habits on this episode, things that maybe could spoil the retirement party. And who wants that? I like a good party, Mike, don't you? Oh, yeah. I had a retirement party this last week. Uh, oh, yeah? Yeah, at least I thought I was having one on Saturday when we left and went to the beach. But then on Saturday following, I had to come back home. And so I had to put this retirement party on hold. I oh, guess, you had so. to go back to work, huh? <laughs> yeah, back to work today. <laughs> uh, just Now, just all joking aside, so some of your clients that listen to the podcast on a regular might be like, wait, what? He was going to retire? He's going to retire? What are we talking yeah. about? <laughs> so you, I don't think you have retirement on your radar just yet. Although, yeah, I was joking right yeah, now. <laughs> yeah. Although you've been doing this a long time, so certainly nobody would blame you. But I yeah. think you know that concept, Mike, of, of and again, we're kind of using that as the fun aspect of this, is like if you're gearing up and getting yourself all ready and you're looking forward to that day that you do have that retirement party, um, maybe some of these bad habits that we've identified uh, along the path could, you know, maybe derail that, right? So we don't want to do that. So let's talk about a couple of them. Um, yeah. I'm going to start with uh, procrastination. Pretty easy, low-hanging fruit to take in any direction that you want to. But let's be honest, procrastination about any financial decisions can absolutely lead to, it can be a bad habit, whether we're 25 or 55. Yeah, exactly. What was the... Uh the old saying that the eighth wonder of the world is compound interest is something like that. I right. Yeah. That. Whether it, supposedly, I, supposedly Einstein said it, but then who knows? Was it Einstein? Okay. Yeah. All right. He was fairly smart. Um, little, little, little bookworm. Yeah. 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 But, uh, yeah, you you take away that time, you know, by, by putting off things that you should do, right, then you right. have things working against you. Um, I mean, it doesn't mean that it's, it's hopeless. It doesn't no, mean that you no. do nothing because of, hey, I procrastinate. It's too late to do anything. But it, but it's a bad habit, right? In any aspect oh, it of life. Is. In any aspect of yeah. life, right? You're putting stuff off. And sometimes, like, hey, we're all guilty of it, Mike. It doesn't mean you're a bad person. It just means, hey, let's try to see if we can fix this, especially financially speaking. To your point, you could be costing yourself a lot of dollars. Yeah. Yeah. I've been reading this book called Atomic Habits, and it just talks about that we, we tend to fall into these ruts, these right, traps yeah, of yeah. ways we do things and think about things and what we believe about ourselves and about other things around us. And 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 that causes a lot of procrastination because we feel like, well, I can't change it or it's too big of a deal for me to have to tackle or what have you. Mm -hmm. And, uh, you know, it's just making those small little changes, uh, but doing them routinely and, and getting to the point. So, I mean, I think about things like, and I think we'll probably talk about this as we get into this a little bit further, but sure. like with debt. You know, if debt's holding you back from being able to save money because you're having to pay so much to service it, then, you know, it's a good idea to say, you know, why don't I change this and just right, exactly. quit procrastinating and getting rid of it? Yeah. You know, that kind of stuff. Yeah. I mean, think about annual taxes, right? I mean, how many, yeah, how often not. do people go, oh, geez. And they wait until, you know, I don't know, April the 4th. <laughs> <laughs> to even get the stuff together. And then, you know, you, if you're going to a CPA, right, and you're like, you're showing up on their doorstep on April the 12th and saying, hey, can you get this done in two days or three days? And they're like, dude, right? So, yeah, right. Yeah, oh, yeah. It's yeah, easy it's, to do. Yeah, it is. And and, and it's, it's symptomatic of, you know, that you 
probably didn't do any planning the previous year when you could have done something about True. Yeah. reducing the tax hit and things like that. And so, yeah. you know, just those habits of procrastinating about things can carry over into a lot of other areas that can hurt us. Yeah. And to your point about compounding interest, right, the sooner we can start making you know, decisions, the more we have a chance. Timeline, right? We're talking a horizon yeah. there, time horizon there. Uh, if you wait until 64 and a half to go see a financial professional and say, hey, I want to retire in six months, the amount of work that they can get done or the things they can get done are greatly limited because you didn't go see them five years earlier or eight years yeah. earlier or 10 years and, earlier. But, you know, I do have people that do that. Oh, lots of people in. do. Yeah. They've done a, they, maybe they've done a great job and accumulated a lot of money, but maybe it's not in the most efficient manner. Sure. And, so and you there can, could have been better things they yeah. could have done. And you can certainly work with, you know, a lot of people in that situation and do oh, yeah. financial advisors do, but the point being how much more efficient or, better off could you have been if you'd have just not procrastinated that decision and started a little sooner. So Exactly. All right. Yep. Uh, next one on my list is kind of similar. It's pretending. Okay. So we started with procrastination. Now we're going to pretend, uh, <laughs> Mike. And this is the, you know, that pretend pretend feeling of, well, it, that's the kind of thing that happens to others. others. That doesn't happen uh, to me, right? So yeah. maybe that's the, um, you know, maybe that's the fear of the long-term care event, Mike, right? Um, right. Well, you know, that's dementia is something that's going to happen to someone else. It's not going to happen to me or my wife or that kind of mm-hmm. thing, right? Mm-hmm. Um, or or not, maybe that's something that drastic, maybe just something like a long-term care event in general, but still. Yeah, yeah. I mean, there's all kinds of ways that we can have it get in a, a situation where we need someone to help us. And in fact, it's funny. I just had a guy send me this morning a little piece of, um, let's see, asking for help stinks was the title of it. <laughs> and, uh, you know, I just thought, hey, that's really cool. I mean, because we, 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 you know, as, as a financial advisor type thing, I tend to help bear the burdens of other people, you know, help them understand what they've got to do and, and, and how to get out of a mess they might be in and that right. kind of stuff. Yeah. And but we tend to hate to ask for that kind of help. So if you don't do anything about uh, preparing yourself so that if you did get into a situation where you need help dressing or bathing or eating or you know whatever, you know, what, six or, of the six of the daily activities of life or whatever daily activities of life uh, living right or, or or if you had a cognitive situation occur where you know either dementia or Alzheimer's or what have you. You are going to have to ask for help, and you actually may not be able to ask. You might just have to receive it in whatever manner is available, and that is not always the way we would choose if we had our the options on the table. Yeah, I mean, just recently, the most recent thing that I see was for us from 2020, uh, 2019, and it mm-hmm. says the study shows uh, by the Economic Bureau of Research that a 50-year-old uh, has a 59% chance of entering uh, a nursing home during his or her lifetime. That's sick. Okay, so right at 60%, just for the sake of the conversation. That's sure. still a higher number than we might like. And that's at 50. That number mm-hmm. becomes, it ticks up in percentage chances as we age, right? right. So right. it doesn't mean it's going to happen to you, but man, it's, uh, you know, why run that risk if you're, if this is the topic we're talking about and not have some kind of plan in place? Um, you know, in, in that in that situation, I mean, there's another another statistic from single care, and it says uh, about 70 percent of seniors end up needing some sort of long term care event, and that's the one we hear often, Mike. Seven out of every ten people, right? Yeah, yeah. And and when you get a couple, then that multiplies that because you yeah. have two chances of right. You're doubling that, that yeah. exactly. So yeah, yeah. And I think that's where we hear, hear the term two out of every three, which basically two out of every three people 
well, right. if it's you and a, a spouse, <laughs> yep. one of the two of you, right, are, are possibly right. getting hit with something. Now, it doesn't necessarily have to be a really long-term, long, long-term care event. Sometimes the average long-term care event is only about two years. Right. Uh, but it could right. still I think dev- the average is around that two, is two it? and a okay. half years. Yeah. But about that can still be devastating to a retirement uh, portfolio if you're not ready. Yeah. So, Well, I mean, I had a grandmother that was in uh, skilled nursing care for mm-hmm. eight years. There you go. Eight that's a long time. Yeah, I had another it, grandmother who was in there for a longer time, but it was in assisted living until toward the very end. Yeah, but, and the know, rates just, are not cheap, and they get higher all the time. I mean, they are probably 60, 60, 70 grand a year easily. Oh, and up. And up, and, yeah. Yep. Okay. So, again, uh, procrastination, pretending, not good habits to have uh, in, I think, any part of life, but certainly not with our money. Uh, how mm-hmm. about investing emotionally, Mike, instead of – strategically and often this kind of leads to really a, a bad portfolio right a, 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 a yeah. non-diversified or non well constructed a not well constructed portfolio i guess is what i'm trying to get right. to right from uh because yeah. maybe you're picking things because you like them right, right? versus it, it, what's strategically smart maybe the hot um Hot item, sure, uh, yeah. or the company uh, you work I, I, for, right? You got too much in the company you work yeah. for just because you love them. That's great. Exactly. That was the problem with Enron. I mean, you know, the company uh, there had you their go. 401k plan uh, invested in the company stock, and the employees thought it was the greatest thing, but they were being lied to, and they didn't know it. Yeah. And- Lost it all. Sure, you got your uh, what? You've got your stock options. You got your portfolio mm-hmm. investment in there, and you got your paycheck all coming from the same place, and your insurance. Right. Right. Nah, right. It's a little too a heavily weighted. Stupid. Yeah. Yeah. A lot of companies do it, and it's not a good idea to load up or uh, double down or whatever you want to call it. But mm-hmm. yeah, we sometimes will structure a portfolio based on uh, some idea we heard from somebody. I mean, they, it is incessantly. Uh, occurring on the internet where you have these gurus that come out and say 10 stocks for the coming decade or the uh, companies you ought to have been investing for this year or and all that kind of stuff. I mean, those things, they're looking in the rear view mirror and saying, this is what's been hot or this is what right. my prediction is. And my prediction is worth zero because <laughs> I don't know the future. And then you got the teeny tiny little font at the bottom that says, you know, past performance does not indicate future results. And you know, right. yada, yada, yada. And people say the reason that, you know, why, why do they have that there? Well, the reason is, it's because it's true. Yeah. You know, Cause they, past, they can't past performance doesn't guarantee anything in the future. Yeah, they have no idea. And, and look, right. I mean, emotionally investing is name of the game. It's par for the course. We're humans. We are emotional beings. Sure. Uh, but sure. doing that emotionally versus strategically, Mike, that is where, I mean, you got it right in the name of your company for Pete's sake, strategic planning, right? So mm-hmm. that is where, having that third party can really come into play because it's like, okay, Mike, you care about my portfolio. You want to see me do well, but you're not going to care as much as I do because it's my money. So you can make a more objective view of things than maybe I can at times. Yeah. And uh, hey, I've done it as a you know younger person, thought I could uh, pick the right place to be at the right time and mm-hmm. take advantage of mispricings or information that I thought nobody else might have or not very many people or thinking that, uh, you know, that large companies or small companies are the place to be to the exclusion of others. And it eventually blows up. Yeah. It eventually are you, blows are you up. saying with age, Mike, came wisdom? A little bit of wisdom came with <laughs> No. Just a little bit, yeah. And I was writing my newsletter for the week uh, uh-huh. uh, early morning, and um, 
uh, just going through a list of about 20 companies or so that are large companies that we know most of them by name that are no longer here. Mm, but yeah. there were times when people thought, man, this is the place to be. And yeah. and there are, there are even more that are still here, but very much diminished in value and impact in, um, you know, thinking that that's the place to be. Uh, might be wonderful for a little while of the ride, but sooner or later that roller coaster ride tends to go the other direction. Yeah, great point. Not always, but a lot of times. But it can. Yeah, great point. All right, I got two more, Mike. I want to do on this episode okay. before we wrap it up. Living beyond right. our means and maybe mismanaging our debt. Certainly yeah. easy to do with the the things that are at our fingertips. And hey, let's think about you know interest rates and 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 stuff right now and inflation. It's very easy for folks to maybe get a little worried, especially if they're still working. They're not maybe into retirement yet, and they're putting things on the credit card that maybe they shouldn't be doing, right? Or they feel like that's the best option for them. And and don't get me wrong, some people can use credit cards very effectively, right? They put stuff on, they pay it off, and you know in that timely fashion. But think about what how high the rates are right now, you know. Probably 20, yeah, what, 28, 29, 30%. 30%. Yeah. 29.9, whatever you yeah, want. Yeah, right. Crazy, right? I mean, yeah. so you, you've got to live with, and I think that's probably what rule number one when in any stage of life, or again, whether you're 25 or 65, live within your means. Right. Yeah. And, and you know, that, that sounds so What's the term? It doesn't sound fun. Yeah, right. <laughs> right. Yeah. That's what I was thinking too. It sounds yeah. like fun. And it's definitely an American uh, trait that well, I, I think a lot of us wish we did not get associated with us. But I think right. Americans tend to get this this uh, kind of stigma on us that we certainly like to live a, you know, a little bit more lavishly than we should. And maybe that's through television and things like that to kind of perpetuate social that. Media, yeah. You know, yeah. Keep it up the Joneses compared to But everybody stuff. loves to do that, right? You you go on Instagram and or, or whatever and you're right. and you're posting something that you know is not really true or that you're exaggerating a little bit because you just don't want to seem like things are tough. But living within well, your means is not a bad thing, Mike, because it might mean you're in good shape to uh think about uh think about Sam Walton, right? Back in the day, he used to arrive at his at new Walmart stores in this beat up pickup truck with his over Overalls on the guy was right. already, you know, closing in on a billionaire at the mm -hmm, time, mm -hmm. but he didn't act like it. No, and a lot of people that are, uh, you know, have it, they don't have to flaunt it because yeah. they're confident and comfortable in their own skin. There you go. Don't look like there's somebody up they aren't, and um, you know, it's it, it is a mind um, decision. It's it's changing your mindset so mm -hmm. that you just you you value living within your means. You value living in a, a manner that is um, not ostentatious, that doesn't need to have applause for accomplishments or what have you. Right. The look at me and, syndrome. Look at me. Yeah, right. And it, allow, it allows you then to do the, more of the things that you want to do versus spending today and paying for it tomorrow and the next day and the next day and the next year and yeah. so forth. Hey, Mike, look yeah. at our government, right? Oh, yeah. yeah. You don't have to go any farther than there. We we can all we can all sit there and look at what our government does and the and the debt and so on and so forth and shake our head and be like blown away at how they mismanage things. But yet people can you can easily scale that down to a you know to your own household and ask yourself, would you run your own household the way the government runs its you know manages its funds? Probably not, because you can't go printing yeah. money at home. Yeah, <laughs> not legally. Funny, as much as we <laughs> tend to like to complain about the government and all like that, we can find ourselves in the same mode of yeah. operation and we don't tend to complain about ourselves. Well, um, maybe so. it's that. Maybe it's back to that pretending, um, you know, bad habit we were talking about earlier, right? Yeah. It's kind of easy to look and see the government being mis wasteful and mismanagement, and go, "Wow!" and being able to identify that, but mm. unable to see that within ourselves. So, right, 
Right. Yeah. We're getting very philosophical today, Mike. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Let's do one more here. And we'll wrap it up. Uh, and this is uh, and this is the avoiding professional advice because you think you'll save money. Bad habit. Right. And right. again, let's folks up. If you don't want to apply this to financial for a second, apply this to any other decision you've made along the way about like home repair or something. You went with the cheapest quote because you thought it was going to save you money. And almost mm-hmm. inevitably, Mike, what happens? Right. Yeah. It you backfires. end up having to get somebody else to finish the to job, fix the job. Yeah. in the first place because it was too, you're paying them too little. Yeah. So. Yeah. And, and you guys bring real value again, back to the conversation about emotional earlier, Mike, I think having professional advice to save money is it to, because you think it's going to save you money, not having, excuse me, is, is mismanagement because it's actually the opposite. You're going to save money and probably make less mistakes along the way because you do have a professional who's done this in your case for 45 plus years. Yeah. And you know, the thing I, I run into is, is the, with this kind of thing is that um, if you had come a little earlier, mm-hmm. 10 years, 20 years earlier to someone um, you, you may have been able to do some of the things that would have generated so much more benefit for you um, and cost less. It's amazing how we tend to be such a do-it-yourself society, uh, particularly in the U.S. I mean, we are a pull-yourself-up-by-the-bootstrap mentality people. and Well, at least used we, to be. <laughs> well, yeah, yeah, that's true. <laughs> Uh, but you know, that's, that's how we were founded. I mean, uh, independence from, uh, government and from, uh, tyranny and so forth, but we've, we, we have tended to fall back into that. And, um, you know, so don't, we don't think about, um, spending the money that's, uh, appropriate to get the advice that will put us on a track that will get us to where we're going much more quickly and, um, in a better form. Yeah. Wasn't it Vanguard that did a study a few years ago, Mike? Uh, and this yes. is a company where you can easily, in, you know, go in and just buy some some Do different yourself. mutual funds yourself and do and do the DIY approach. And even mm-hmm. they came out and said working with a proper professional can, on average, what was it like a couple of percent? Uh, There's three percentage points better that they yeah. found using their funds to invest with an advisor's help and than, advice, than a DIY that the returns were three, uh, three points better. Yeah. yeah. So, I mean, can you, you know, can you do that yourself in retirement? And, and here's the bigger question for me and we'll wrap it up with this, Mike is do you want to right? like that? Honestly, like, do you want to have a second career as a financial advisor for your own retirement account in retirement? I don't, I want to hang out with my grandkids if I'm lucky enough to have them or whatever. Yeah. Yeah. And, and, uh, I tell you what, uh, I am fortunate to have them, and and we've enjoyed them. And uh, exactly, I I, I want to spend my time on a lot more uh, productive things that are, have more lasting value. Yeah, uh, for for uh, ever uh, by being with my kids and passing on my values and and faith and all that kind of stuff. So much more valuable than spending time on this kind of stuff. I mean, it's your career, so that it makes sense yeah. that you do this for yeah. other people because you've got, right. as I said a minute ago, a lifetime of doing this. But if <laughs> after you've spent a lifetime working whatever your job happens to be out there, folks, do you really want to have to take on that second career of figuring out all the ins and outs? And let's be honest, as you know, we all know that there's going to be things that we would miss if we've never planned and managed a retirement before, unlike someone like Mike who's done thousands of them. So 
to me it seems and like you a want to be involved as sure well. of like course absolutely do it for you but but you know to to have that understanding and get some good advice yeah. so that you yeah. put yourself on a good path yeah. yeah and i think to to make even drive that point home even more mike you don't uh it's not that you just want to be involved you should be involved right it's not like hey you know maybe you should be involved no you absolutely should be involved uh right. but you definitely yeah. need to have that professional guidance to help because there is a lot of nuance that you just are surprised. I mean, I've been talking about this. I've been a host. I'm not a financial advisor. We've talked about that before. I'm a radio host and a podcast host, but I've been talking with financial advisors like yourself, Mike, for uh, mm-hmm. probably eight years, and it never ceases to amaze me how much information and things change that you could still uh, you know, step in a pothole if you're not careful in your own retirement. So do yourself right and your retirement a favor. Talk with a professional. Don't have some of these bad money habits spoil your retirement party, and uh, and get together with uh, somebody like Mike today. And you can reach out, reach out to him online at spcinvesting.com. That's spcinvesting.com. You can schedule some time. A lot of good tools, tips, and resources there. You can subscribe to the podcast on Apple or Google or Spotify. You can find all the information at spcinvesting.com. Or if you really need some help and you know you need to get off that procrastination train, uh, reach out to him right now at 336-668-4338 if you're not already working with him and get yourself some time on the calendar and uh, he'll get you all scheduled for something that works well for you. 336-668-4338. All right, Mike, at the time we're taping this, my friend, it's going to be Father's Day weekend this coming up. So happy Father's Day to you. Oh, really? Wow. Okay. Yeah, cool. Crept up on you, didn't it? Yeah, yeah. Uh, My dad passed away 10 years ago uh, and uh, so, yeah, it does kind of creep up on me. But, uh, yeah, that sounds cool. It's yeah. a great day. Well, have yourself a good one, and we will see you next time here on Strategic Planning with Mike Flanders. Information is for illustrative purposes only and does not constitute tax, investment, or legal advice. Always consult with a qualified investment, legal, or tax professional before taking any action.